Welcome to the Mastering Midlife Podcast, where we talk about all the crazy fun things that happen when you are a midlife mama. I'm your host, Heather London. Let's dig in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 22. Today, I want to talk about change. Not just change, I want to talk about the number one tool to make sure you can create the change that you want to create in your life. Because if it's the one thing that I am learning is that midlife is full of changes and change can be so hard. Change can be so, so hard, but it doesn't have to be hard. That's the key. It can be hard, but it doesn't have to be. When you look at midlife in general and all the changes that go on, Let's start with your kids. Not only are your kids changing into real humans that are responsible for themselves, but they're pulling away even further. They need you less and less. So your relationship with your kids change. That's the hard one. That's the one that I'm dealing with right now that is like, ooh, it's crushing my heart, but it's filling my heart all at the same time. And I know that that one is all about me. I know that. The relationship with kids is changing over time. It's always changing and evolving, but it doesn't mean that it's any less hard, even though we know it's going to happen, right? It's like when somebody is dying, if we know they're dying, it doesn't make it less hard when they actually die. It still hurts our hearts. We still miss them. The other things that can change in midlife besides everything is your partner, your partner changes, your relationship with your partner changes, because for the past however many years, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you've been obsessed with and your full-time job has been keeping humans alive and doing everything to make their lives better. And now they don't need that anymore. So you have all this time and a partner. And remember when you first got together with this person, It was all about them. And then you had kids and then the kids became the priority. I'm not saying in all relationships, just the majority, just most of them where the relationship changes because now the kids get all of the attention and quite often the partner can be left behind, especially when a mom has this connection with the child because of creating this human in your body. It's a different connection than um, father and a child. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. And I can only speak from the mom point of view because I'm not a dad. I don't know what that's like. But I do know that for sure when your children are getting older and leaving you and not spending as much time with you, then you have more time to focus on your partner. And that relationship has changed a thousand percent. And then time, how you manage your time has changed. Yeah, because you're not driving or cooking for people or doing all the things that we do for our kids. So your relationship with time has changed. You have a whole bunch of time. Remember in traditional Chinese medicine, they call it the second spring and they call it, it's talk, they talk about giving back, giving back, because now we have all this wisdom and it's time to give back and we have the time to help others, to share with others, to volunteer. And so our relationship with time has changed because we know for sure that when we have kids, time is the one thing that we don't have. We are so busy doing all the things, scheduling, running here, running there, 
that there is no extra time. And we're always short on time when we're new moms or moms of children. And now we have all this time, which gets us in our head, our, our thoughts about who we are, our purpose changes because our purpose was all about children. And now when, when they don't need us as much, some of us, I'm not pointing fingers here, but some of us could be like, hey, if I'm not the mom, then who am I? What is my purpose in life if it's not to make these humans' lives better in any way I possibly can and give them all the attention and do everything for them? <laughs> now, not everybody's like that. I'm just exaggerating. I'm just having fun here. But we do make our kids the center of our world. And when they are not around all the time, we do question our purpose because it's changed. And then instead of just going into what our purpose was, what did I love to do before? We got to refigure it because we are different people. Once you've raised human beings, you've become a different person and you have different priorities and you see the world in a different way. And so your purpose is going to be different than when before you had kids. It's really hard to just, okay, pick up where I left off because you're a whole different person and that's awesome and that's okay. That is good. There's nothing wrong with that. And then one of the main things that changes is our bodies. That's the one that women struggle with the most when it's happening. Everything changes with your body when you hit midlife. And it could be happening slowly over time, but one day you wake up and it's bam, slaps you in the face. It's like it happened overnight, but it really has probably happened um, over a short period of time. But it, you literally wake up and feel like your body has changed in a way that isn't always for the better, especially if you're used to using your body all the time in a physical way. If you're a, a sports, athletic, move your body kind of person then these changes can hit you hard because those types of people, myself included, identify with being uh, a physically active person. That is part of my identity of who I think I am on this planet and an athlete. And then your body changes or injuries catch up with you and it just slows your ass down. It's like, hey, wait, you're not going to be able to do all the things that you used to do. And so that is a mind mess unto itself. Those, those changes can be intense. Even uh, on the other side of it, if, if you're not an active, naturally active person, but you've been able to take good care of your body and you feel like you've got it going on, you're in check, you're in control, and then you will wake up one morning and everything will be different. And you'll be like, what the heck is going on? And these are your hormones changing just like when you went through puberty, just like when you were pregnant and just like when you were breastfeeding, your body changed every single time. The hormones are running the show and our body changes. So I know my body was different after giving birth, physically different. It didn't matter what I, how much I weighed because I never weigh myself, but it, the weight is not the issue. It's my body physically changes because... Uh, my skeleton moved to help push that human body out. So the body adjusts and then it sits differently. 
And it's the same for midlife. That's all I'm saying. There's no, uh, there's nothing gone wrong here. It is just different, but it's our thoughts about it. It's what we're thinking about it. Like, a lot of the times my thoughts are, hey, this is not right. This should not be happening. And that's those are not helpful thoughts, but it's a shocker. That's why I'm thinking those thoughts. And so all of these are really good examples of changes in midlife. That's why I wanted to talk about it because it's not just one thing. It's a plethora of things coming at us full steam ahead. And it's like we're playing Frogger with all the change that's coming at us that seems overwhelming and match that with the crazy hormones that are going on because the hormones are changed. I should have added that to my list because that's one of the big, huge changes to the hormones, the hormones. And so when we have all these changes, changes coming at us, we know that change can be hard. So if you have a lot of changes going on, then wouldn't it be wise to be a master of change? Wouldn't it be wise to try to figure out how you can make change easier. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this? Wouldn't it be wise to put some time and effort into learning how to be good at change? Because there's just so much going on. I want to be really good at it. If I'm going to do a lot of it, I want to be really, really good at it. Okay, that makes sense. It's like when we were talking about the food, when you realize how many meals you make in a day, that's a lot of meals. Don't you want to be efficient at it? Don't you want to be good at it? Don't you want to really know how to do it well so that it's not consuming so much of your time and energy? Yeah, you do. Same as change. Here's how our brain works. Our brain is designed to keep us safe. And it does that. So our brain can be a jerk a lot of the times. So our brain is always telling us when it comes to change, it freaks us out by saying you could die. And we don't realize that. Like if we're thinking, hey, I'm going to change something up. We're not consciously thinking, oh, I could die if I do that. Because we'd put one and two together and be like, that doesn't make sense. But when it's subconscious like that, we're not aware that that's what's going on. And that's why we avoid change like the plague is because subconsciously, our brain is seeing us wanting to do something different and saying to us, you could die if you do that. That's scary. So don't do that. And when you can see it like that, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Why sometimes I can't explain why I don't want to do change. I just have this knowing inside that I don't want to do change. So our brain is designed to keep us safe, to keep us moving on to the next day so that we can reproduce. That's all that is happening here. That's what our body is designed to do. And in order to do that, in order to stay alive and reproduce and not die, there's three things that our brain focuses on. There's three things that our brain thinks. One is avoid pain because we know that pain could lead to death. And the other one is seek pleasure because the pleasure is what we're looking for when it comes to the reproduction, we want to we want to avoid pain and seek pleasure. And that's why these are the focuses of our brain. And then the third one is conserve energy. Again, to survive, we want to save our energy just in case we need to defend ourselves at any time. In case somebody attacks us, in case there's a bear coming, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Avoid pain, seek pleasure, and conserve energy. This is all that our brain focuses on all the time. No matter what we're doing, this is the main thing that keeps our brain going. 
without us even realizing that it's happening. So anything new could be painful and possibly energy sucking. And that's why our brain hates it. It hates it. We are actually fighting our own brain when it comes to change. That's why what makes it so darn hard. But there's one thing that could make it easier. There's many things, but there's one big thing. There's one big, huge thing that could make it easier to do change. And that is self-discipline. When I work with my clients, I teach them my seven simple steps to self-discipline. Because I know for sure you're never going to reach your goal where you're going if, you're, if you don't have self-discipline. You can't outwill power it. You want to be disciplined so that you can become the person that does those things. So let me give you the top three. If you just do these, if you just apply these top three things to, to a change that you want to make in your life, you will be successful. I promise you'll be successful. First of all, number one is you want to start small. You don't want to go out with this big grandiose change and then fail right away and then your your brain goes into overwhelm. See, there you go. I always fail. I can never be successful. I'm trying to make a change and it never works. But when you have this change in brain, like in your brain that you want to make, you want to make it's small little steps to get there. Now, I'm not saying when I say start small, I'm not saying you have to have a small change. No, it doesn't have to be a small change. You could go for the big, scary changes. In fact, I recommend you go for big, scary changes. Yeah, the bigger and scarier, the better. But if you want to be successful in making that change, then you want to be able to Make small little steps towards that change. Just small little steps. And so instead of having to like 180 everything and change everything on a big scale, that will overload your brain, freak you out, put you into overwhelm, shut you down, and then no change will happen. I guarantee it. I've seen it a million times. But if you want to start small, you want to ask yourself, what could you do on your worst day? I have a couple things that I'm working on. One is... Spanish. And that one gets put by the wayside a lot. So instead of saying, hey, I'm going to learn Spanish, sit and study for half an hour or watch a show for half an hour on my worst day when I'm tired and I don't want to do it because it's hard, I would say, could I do five minutes on my worst day? Yes, I could do five minutes on it when I've had the worst day I could do. And maybe it was a no for the five minutes that I would say, could I do one minute? Could I do one minute of Spanish on my worst day? And if the answer is yes, then that's where I'm starting with. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to plan it one minute a day. But I know I could do five. I know I could do five. So on my worst day, five minutes. Because I know I could listen to something for five minutes in Spanish. I don't have to necessarily do Duolingo or whatever. I could listen to something in Spanish for five minutes a day. That's what I mean by starting small. What could you do on your worst day when you've just had it and you're done? And that is how you get started. And then you do it every single day. So number two, be consistent. We don't want to do one big thing to get a result. We want to do the little thing over and over and over and over again every single day. That's how you get the results. Doing the boring stuff every single day. 
what are you doing when nobody's watching? When people are watching, it's easy to be a rock star and a hero because we're driven by our ego, the accolades, the praise, whatever it is. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. When nobody's watching, when nobody's cheering you on, what can you do then? Are you still showing up for yourself? And this is the philosophy behind the people that are successful. When you look at an athlete, they're the ones who are training when they don't want to, when they're exhausted, when it's the last thing they want to do, when it's hard, when everybody else has gone home. Those are the people that are still there training. And those are the ones that are really, really good at what they do. And that was a quote from Michael Phelps. I just remember seeing this interview with him. The people that show up when they don't want to show up, when they're tired, when they're done, when they're sick of it, because they've done it every day for 10 years, but they show up anyway for themselves and they do it anyway. Those are the ones that are gold medal winners. Those are the ones that are successful. And so how can you show up every day? Back to step one, start small. What could I, could I do this every single day, even on the days I don't want to? Yes. Be consistent. If for any reason you miss a day, you want to pick it up the next day. You don't want to make that your habit because you know if you miss two or three days, it's easy to just stop. You could talk yourself out of this in a heartbeat. And then number three is you want to do less is better than doing none at all. So five minutes is fabulous because when you do five minutes, you're building the habit of becoming the person that does that thing. For example, if I am learning how to go to the gym and I go to the gym, but I only go inside the gym, put my shoes on, walk around once and decide I don't want to be there anymore and leave, that's a win. Why? Because I went to the gym. Now I'm training my brain to think and know that I'm somebody who goes to the gym. So if you go to the gym and you only walk on the treadmill for five minutes, it doesn't matter. That's a win because you are somebody who just goes to the gym and then your brain gets used to that over time. And then that becomes part of your identity. I'm somebody who goes to the gym. It doesn't have to be the gym. I'm somebody who goes for a walk every single day. For me, I like to be somebody who moves their body every single day. Because as you get into midlife, that gets harder and harder. You got to change what you are doing. I can't run anymore. Okay, I'm going to bike ride. Can't run anymore. I'm going to power walk. Oh, I can't run anymore. I'm going to do a stationary bike. I'm going to do some dancing, whatever that is. Just for five minutes, but I'm going to do it every single day because I'm just somebody who moves my body every single day. That's how I identify. I become that person who does those things right? You just are showing up for yourself no matter what, even if it's for just five minutes. Doing less, doing a small amount is better than not doing it at all. And you could look at it from the flip side. When you think about this, say you're trying to lose weight and you have a cookie. Most of us will be like, damn, I had a cookie. I'm just going to go off now and eat the whole thing. And you can see how that adds up into something big, doesn't it? But if you just had the one cookie and then you forgave yourself and said, this ain't a thing, I'm just going to carry on with where I was, then that's hardly a blip. But if you, if you have the cookie, then the cookie, then the cookie, then the cookie. So this is how it turns out to be progressive and work for you 
in a way that you don't want it to, but it adds up over time. One little cookie over time adds up to big things, doesn't it? And you can apply this to any goal that you're trying to reach. If you do one little step every single day, just a small step, it will turn into something big over time. It will 100%. We always underestimate what we can do over a longer period of time because we could do big things over a short period of time. That's how we're designed. We just have to believe in ourselves. We have to refocus our brain, which is going to be scared, which is going to want to say change is horrible. You could die. That's why sometimes when we try to make a change, we just get stuck and we stop and we don't know why. Like our body is frozen. That's our central nervous system freaking the heck out. It's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. Fight, flight, or freeze. That's the freeze part. That's what happens to me. And when that happens to me, when I get into overwhelm and my central nervous system shuts down so I can't do anything, I've rebalanced my central nervous system. That's all I do. I choose one of my tools that I love to do and I come back to center and rebalance my central nervous system so it's not overwhelmed, just so it's in neutral again. Then I can think, then I can process, then I can move forward. Otherwise, everything stops. So remember, when you want to make a change, you want to be self-disciplined. That's the only way you're going to really achieve those things that are hard for you to do, those big scary goals, those big dreams that you have, because you have them. We all have them. Most of us don't chase after them because we shut down and overwhelm. And when you apply the self-discipline rules, I guarantee you'll get, you will get to where you want to go. You will achieve any goal you want to achieve when you're self-disciplined. I have a couple of things that I'm trying to achieve and I'm just doing them small little chunks because if I did the big ones, I would fail every day and I would stop every single day. So I am successful every day in just a little bit of time, just doing a little thing, starting small. What could I do on my worst day? Okay, I could do this much. I'm going to be consistent over time, compound interest. I'm investing in myself and my future. And then less is more so I can build the habit of becoming the person that does that thing. So I'm going to be successful all the time. So I'm just somebody who moves my body every day. I'm just somebody who practices Spanish every day so that when I go to where I'm going to, I'm going to be fluent in Spanish. My future self is going to love this part, this version of myself, because I'm showing up for me every single day for a minimum of five minutes to do this. And this is how I focus on the big things that I think are unachievable just a little bit at a time. Just a little bit at a time, starting with self-discipline, my friends. You can do this. You can do anything anything. If you can think it in your brain, you can create it. You just got to believe in yourself and become the person who does these things every single day to get that goal that you're looking for. The possibilities are endless. So don't think small, think big, set a big, huge goal, and then do a little bit every single day. You got this. The key is to get started and be consistent. And that, my friends, is how we roll in midlife. That, my friends, is how we make big changes in midlife. Even when it's scary, it doesn't matter. So go out there and be fierce and fearless and make those changes. And let me know all about it. I want to hear it. Tell me all about it. Because that's what I'm doing. And I'm taking you with me. You want to come? This is how you do it. 
I know you can because I can do it. You can too. All right, my lovies. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And always, always, always love yourself first and have an amazing day.